Hello, my name is Susanne. Welcome to the 150th episode of Handmade. From the life of a knitting, singing, writing spinner. Today brings you the 15th ever English episode. And I'm trying something new. Um, I found out that um, the best camera I have is not in my laptop as I thought, but instead in my iPad mini. So I'm recording the video on the iPad and the sound on the laptop and that hopefully will um, take care of the problem of those weird noises that I've been having as well. So uh, wish me luck. Um, this is already the second try because I tried um, going without the earphones. I know they don't look good and yeah, but it's like driving in the dark if when I can't hear myself and can't hear if I'm uh, sitting right in front of the microphone and yeah, so I decided to leave those in, not change everything at once. Yeah, uh, this episode is a bit too late, like almost two weeks, and the one before that was too late as well. First, I didn't have a voice, so that was a problem, and now, you know, it's all this COVID-19 thing that um, I guess has been throwing all of us off um, for weeks now, and will probably continue to do so for a bit longer. And that crisis is actually the reason that I found out that my iPad camera is so much better than my laptop camera because right now I'm very fortunate that I can still work and teach. Uh, only I'm teaching all my students over Skype and FaceTime and such right now. Um, I'm so happy that that is possible. It's a bit mm, exhausting and challenging and also really interesting and well not quite the same thing but well now that all of us here are in lockdown we're allowed to go out to shop or go to the doctor or people who really can't work from home and who um, have jobs that really need to be done can go to work but people like me have to stay home and well of course I can't have students in my house because we all try to stay as healthy as possible. I hope you all are doing reasonably well and uh, stay uh, healthy um, and sane. And I thought that my um, this t-shirt would be appropriate. Um, you know, you read my t-shirt. I'm reading this for the one, uh, for the people who are only listening on audio read my t-shirt it says and then underneath it that's enough social interaction for the day um, I often wear this on weekends because um, I feel that wearing that t-shirt while teaching mm, possibly not quite the best thing to do like yeah, yeah hello student I'd rather not see you is not the message I want to send even if I feel that way from time to time just a little bit um, so what happened? Well, Corona happened. Um, that was a major thing. 
not much more. My husband had his concert to celebrate his 60th birthday with um, reviving his first ever rock band. When he was 14, he played with two other guys, um, an organ player and a drummer. And those two came in all the way from Berlin to Munich to play with him for his 60th birthday. So that was fun. And we had um, some other stuff, uh, some more guitar players and keyboardists. And there is a video on YouTube. I have, I haven't really watched it myself because I know uh, we spent month preparing for that performance and it didn't go quite as well as we hoped it would and there was no um, recording or video on the first evening that we did that. The first evening of course was the, was the better one. Ooh, that will go well. I'm already stumbling um, at the beginning of the episode. So uh, the second day we were all pretty tired and mm, yeah there were mistakes mm, they are um but somebody um filmed the whole thing and put up a short 18 minute video on youtube i think i'll link to that in the show notes which you can find on creativemother.de forward slash handmade 150 I have started to do uh, pretty links for all the episodes so that people can find them easier. Yeah, um, so that um, in January there was my husband's birthday, actual birthday, and for that birthday we went to Salzburg for a weekend. That was really nice. And walked all around town and uh, looked at things and ate Mozartkugeln as you do. And what else? Ah, uh, well, Christmas, New Year's, the usual. And we'll see what the year will bring. This is certainly something we're going to remember for a long time. I hope that all of us will remember this for a long time. So, I'll jump right in. Oh, did I tell you that this is the episode where I talk about everything I talked about in the episode before? So, that's the deal. Of course, I don't really talk about every single thing because um, there are a lot of things when you do nine episodes that are around 45 minutes or so. And I'm not planning to make this a an eight-hour episode. And I'm really, yeah, I'm really hoping that everything will go well with the recording. Looks good from here. So, I'll jump right in. Um, the first thing I want to talk about are toe socks that I started. Um, so, um, you probably all know that I'm trying to become a runner. Um, I do run. Um, three times a week usually. Um, only I found that I'm I'm actually walking about as much as I'm running and after about 10 years of running I still can't go for longer than three minutes without stopping. So I'm back to a um, couch to 10k program for like the hundredth time or so. Maybe this time it will stick. Mm. 
and I'm wearing these weird um, shoes with the five toes separated. And um, for that I need special socks, of course, and I uh, was a bit tired of ordering them online all the time. They're really expensive, they're not quite the right fit, of course, because um, it's, it's the same as with the gloves, when you have the individual toes. I mean, my um, my big toe is really, really long and the pinky toe is really, really short. And so they never quite fit. So I thought, oh, I'll just make myself uh, toe socks. Great idea. Then I um, tried to get um, three-ply sock yarn. I'm just looking here. It looks like I have a hole in No, no, not a hole in this. So, um... And getting this um, three-ply sock yarn that was not all um, bright and colorful was really hard. But I got to um, bolt uh, Frigia in a um, light gray and started making those socks. So I, just, I tried following a pattern and I've completely forgotten the name. But that doesn't matter anyway because I didn't follow it at all. So um, in that pattern you were supposed to do a provisional cast on as I have done here and then uh, no I haven't. So you are supposed to do a provisional cast on then to knit like I don't know two inches five centimeters something like that then you were supposed to knit the fiddly toes and then knit the rest of the sock for welcome plan. Only I don't like knitting socks toe up. So I thought, well, I'll just start at the cuff as usual, knit down, then knit the fiddly toes. Now what you can see here is I have two socks that are three quarters finished because fiddly toes are fiddly and I don't want to knit I also substituted the heel. This is the usual Annie Fletcher heel that I'm so in love with these days. Um, so yeah, um, these still need toes, which means I will have to try them on, then divide for the toes, then do the really, really fiddly bit of knitting fiddly toes. Um, I guess if I just started this, would take about three hours max yeah but they have been sitting in a bag nice and cozy since not quite sure December or so it's March right now no almost April yeah so first project this might become a UFO I hope not I'm pretty sure that when I have those socks I'll wear them but yeah right now not socks just remnants. Then the next um, project I want to talk about was my Komodo. I'm not sure if I talked uh, about this on the last episode. Um, so this is um, hand spun and you can't really see uh, all of it. I should go further back but then the sound will be different. Um, so 
Um, this uh, used to be fiber, Malabrigo Nube, that I bought at the Reveler meeting in Regensburg. I think it was 2014 or 15. I think it was 14. And then I spun it on my Louis Victoria. And I always planned for this to become like a light fluffy, lacy cardigan. Um, and for ages I didn't know what to do. And when everybody was knitting the Komodo, I wasn't even aware of the pattern. Uh, so I sat there thinking, uh, uh, I want to knit a sweater, but I don't want to swatch, and I don't know, and ha uh, ha, uh, and maybe I'll do a shawl. But then I have like um, half a million shawls already, so I just started this. And um, the pattern, I forgot the name of the designer, Komodo. Completely lost, sorry. Uh, I'm a bit fuzzy these days, um, I guess a lot of you can, uh, yeah, you know, the one word, I'm words, hard. Not not only in English, it's it's hard in German and at the moment as well. So um you probably have the same thing. Um I totally forgot the name. I link it here. So oh how this works. Um the show notes, like that link, creativemother.de forward slash handmade one hundred and fifty will lead you to the show notes page for this episode and uh there will be links to all the other episodes um, that I talked about there and to the projects um, on Ravelry, if there is a project on Ravelry. I haven't been good with um, uh, putting in projects and such on Ravelry and that's something that I've, uh, I'm hoping to um, do better this year, uh, but there is there's a page for the Komodo and if you just uh, put in the name you'll find the designer. It's a really popular thing. So um, this um, promises you that you don't have to swatch and that you can just start knitting. Um, I think you have to take one measurement. So what this does is you start this like a triangular shawl at the back of the net. I don't know if you can see this. And um, with a little tap, like uh, one of these shawls. And then you have um, like one, two, three, four, six points where you um, de increase. And you knit down from the top and you make a wrap on with these increases uh, that are, uh, you can't see that probably, um, the increases are just... Um, yarn overs so you get these uh, lines of holes and you basically increase six or eight no it's eight because you also increase at the front both fronts in so you have eight increases every eight rows or so so you knit along until you reach um the point where you can divide for the sleeves and um, there you just, I don't know, 
you make like two for the underarms and then you just continue um, with the back increases and the ones at the front I think I can't see because I'm not wearing glasses right now so um, and then you go your merry way it's really easy to um, knit the whole thing becomes very um, wide at the bottom and next time if I ever do something like this again I will probably stop increasing at the front at one point because you have these long things hanging around um, and then the arms are pretty much you start uh, you knit around you decrease some not all that much yeah and then like when you have reached the width you want you just go on very very easy to knit and it has the mindlessness of a of one of these big shawls and um it it's easy and nice to wear too and i found that once i actually washed and uh, blocked it I um it looks pretty good. I wore it to my uh, mother-in-law's 84th birthday with um black leggings and a purple t-shirt uh, that that's a bit longer and then this thing cardigan and a boots and I was all dressed and it was so comfy. I mean, I was wearing a t-shirt uh leggings and something like a shawl with sleeves. You can't really get much more comfortable than that. And I didn't look mm, slouchy. It was like, yeah, elegant, flowy, artsy. Yeah. So that was a full success. Um, the one thing is, I wanted this mm, to wear with um, a tunic dress that I made. That's purple and that has like a pattern that looks a bit like peacock's feathers, peacock hats. And that doesn't work because this um, cardigan is really um, colorful. There are many, many shades of purple and pink and a bit of gray in here. And that doesn't really work with the patterned fabric from the dress so yeah but i've been wearing it it's easy to throw over something and um since i'm now um a menopause i don't need these really heavy sweaters anymore uh, not as often as i used to so um next thing on my list is ha that's a new thing too because i used to make um this list in my notebook um, because um, my laptop was always acting up and so I couldn't put the, um, the notes on the laptop anymore and with um, my contacts in I can't really really read anything that's small 
so um, I was always uh, going back and forth with my reading glasses but now this time for the first time I printed my list out and since I have this different setup and since I have been teaching all week and found that the students can't see my uh, music stand my notes are on the music stand right there so I'll some of these days I'll be all professional with the recording, still with the crappy headphones, of course. So um, I made a brioche scarf for my son. I don't know if I told you about this. So um, this one is a pattern by Stephen West. It's called Bundled in Brioche. Brioche? I don't know. Um, I made it from... What's this? This yarn that's a drops drops yarn um, merino cotton something like that, and um, you can easily see that this is not for me because I don't wear blue and red. Well, okay, I guess I wear grays. I'm currently wearing a gray T-shirt, but these are colors that my son chose. And since he doesn't really do um, wool, but he said that this yarn, that's merino and cotton, I think it's 50-50, he said, oh yeah, this is um, um, soft enough that he can wear it. And he got himself a dark blue um, coat, I don't know can't say if it's a coat or a jacket, it's a winter thing and he wears it when he dresses up for going to the theatre because um, from school they have this thing where they um, what do you call that in English? Abonnement? Well, you subscribe basically and you get, uh, I think he gets like 10 um, Ten times uh, throughout the school year, he gets um, tickets to different kinds of theater things, and uh, when he goes there, he wears that nice coat and the nice scarf. Otherwise, he doesn't wear anything, just jacket. Yeah. Um. So that uh, that took quite some time. Um, brioche always takes a lot of time. Um, scarves always take way longer than you think they'll do and um, so but yeah it was fun because you um, you change the colors um, and you you can see it in this so um, you do like um, 12 rows of one color on one side and on the other side this is uh, I didn't tell you this is um, two, um, it's, this is brioche with two colors. So, and the other color you change after 24 rows, and then so you always have two different colors together. So when you um, when you knit this, it's really fun because you go, oh yeah, um, just knit along, knit along, knit along, and then oh, this is getting boring. So yeah, but just three more rows, and then I can change color, and then again and again. So that was fun. Um, I did this the colors just by oh I'll just take this I divided them into uh, dark and light colors that's what he tells you to do in the pattern 
So you can see that this side of the scarf is darker and this one is lighter. Um, and I had some colors that like this in medium blue here and um, some gray that I used on both sides. So, um, and in at the end I had to do um, color combinations that I didn't really had planned for in the beginning. And I'm just looking, I think this is the Christian, I don't know. I had to repeat colors more often than I was, um, than I really liked because I was running out of some of them. And, but still it's worked. Yeah, it worked because I can't even tell you right now what, um, which side is which. So turned out good in the end. So then I did socks. So um, these are my advent calendar socks. And these have a bit of a longer story. Um, I bought um, the ad, uh, spinning advent calendar, like fiber advent calendar from Steffi, Steffi Swolle in 2018, I think. And I planned to make socks from it. And I don't know if you've seen these before. I made um, Coriolis socks that were almost knee socks. And then I didn't know how to finish them and uh, I wasn't really feeling them. So I decided to rip them completely back and try to make two pairs of socks from the yarn. This is the first pair. Really love them wear them all the time. This is, I think, blue-faced leather and silk. Um, as you can see, it's a gradient. It goes from bluish purple to a bright orangey red, uh, then another purple that's a bit redder. Uh, then, uh, what do you call this? It's almost a burgundy color. Yeah, um, uh, turned out that, um, so I, I spun it, I made two skeins, so uh, when I got the fiber, this was one of those calendars where you get like a little bag for each day with 10, was it? No, it was 5 grams of fiber and then she told you where to start, which end, and then so it was a, it, it's a gradient and she um, divided the gradient into 24 parts and uh, told you which end to start spinning on. Um, I divided the fiber into two and uh, spun it on two different bobbins and then I plied, uh, I did a chain ply for each for sock yarn. Uh, the yarn is really nice, but since this is um, hat spun, a bit denser than uh, commercial sock yarn and so uh, there isn't enough left to make a second pair of socks and these aren't all that long I usually like my socks to be a bit longer um, so I'm not quite sure what I'll be doing with the rest of the yarn but um, these socks yeah, are getting worn so much more often 
than these almost knee socks would have gotten so I'm very happy the pattern is vanilla rib I think it's Annie Fletcher again I'm not making any other socks at the moment it's all Annie Fletcher all the time so very good project next one is the crazy tea this is handspun and again I forgot the designer um, there is there is a pattern called um, crazy stripes by a French designer and that's a cardigan and I made that one and I love it and I wear it often and then there was the gloaming tied um, knit along by Isola Teague and that made a shawl and for that I spun all the yarn and um, that was a long story but I ended up having substantial bits of leftover yarn handspun leftover lace well not lace light clearing weight yarn so I decided to start this t-shirt and see how far I would get with the leftovers turned out not all that far I think um, it like I would have got something that ended like under the bust but then I ordered more fiber and spun more yarn and knitted the t-shirt and now I have more leftovers this is how this works the original pattern for the crazy tea has like two different colors and I did one two three and I think this looks really great. I was a bit um, afraid that we wouldn't see the stripes uh, very, very well. With um, this has been spun um, so that it's um, you don't have a lot of contrast between the colors. And I did that. Um, so this is um, merino and silk fiber. I think this comes from. Um, let me see. I bought it at Volknoll, but I think that's this is something that you can buy at World of Wool. I hope you can still buy it at World of Wool. And um, it's um, the the merino is is uh, dyed and the silk is white, so uh, it's carded together. And then um, I did one. This one, this yellow stripe, has two plies of yellow um, the orange has two plies of orange but the color in between has one ply of the orange yarn and one ply of the yellow and I really like the effect of that haven't worn it yet no surprise it's March it's not it hasn't been warm enough for it I think hmm. should try it out because these days when um, the sun is shining down on this room and while I teach getting really hot in here I had like 26 degrees yesterday okay so that's finished then the hearthstone pullover so this will take a while to tell it's finished uh, I don't know if you can see it properly it's just dark brown Corydale this is the a sweater that I made for my husband and as uh, those of you who know 
this is just a basic uh, seamless saddle shoulder uh, following a pattern by Elizabeth Zimmerman. So it went like this. I wanted to spin and knit a sweater for my husband for National Knitter Sweater Month, I think. I'm not quite sure. I think I started spinning in October, but I don't know. I would have to look it up. I wanted to make the Hearthstone pullover by um, uh, Isolde Teague. So I spun for that. I measured my husband's favorite sweater, but that sweater is a bit wider than he is comfortable with. Com with these days because my husband has lost weight since I made that sweater. So I thought okay I'll take this sweater and I'll make it a little um, narrower uh, and but the, the sleeves were good and I know that um, the neckline was a bit too deep and so I tried adjusting for that. I was okay I'll do this and I'll take this uh, brown Corydale. I bought this at uh, Volta and I think this is from World of Wool as well. The quality is really nice. I've um, made several things from this kind of Corydale. It's I think it's natural brown but I don't really know. Um, it has gray hairs in too. Um, I, I spun a three-ply because my husband's very hard on his sweaters and I, I see it in myself that when you um, play guitar all day, you, um, your sweaters start pilling like at your um, tummy and uh, here at the arms, where yeah, so you rub against things all day. Um, and um, the guitar playing is one of the reasons why my husband doesn't like cardigans because the, the buttons or the zipper um, scratch the guitar. I wear cardigans. Um, maybe I don't care for my guitars as much as he does. So um, I spun a three-ply and then I started doing a hearthstone pullover with the gauge swatch that I had and the yarn that I had and uh, loosely following the pattern. But what I really wanted was the, um, the hearthstone pattern has really really nice cables um, it's a raglan um, that goes not all the way straight up, but it curves a bit. Um, not quite like the saddle shoulder, but it does remind me of a seamless Elizabeth Zimmerman construction. So I knitted the whole thing. I found that I had misjudged the gauge and the sweater wasn't wide enough I think so I pulled it all out and started over. I did a sleeve as a gauge swatch that sleeve was way too tight uh, so I used different needles I started over so it took like three tries until I had uh, done the uh, body uh, up to the arms and the sleeves. Uh, then I started knitting all the pretty nice cables and I knitted and knitted and I looked at it and was like, yeah, this is looking really, really small. Yeah, but and then I measured. Oh, but oh, this should work. 
and it's confident. So I thought, well, okay, what's the problem? So this is too, so, so, and then I, I just fudged around with the um, with the decreases and everything. I'm like, okay, well, if I do this a little different and then this like that, and, and then it should fit. So I ripped uh, part of it back, then I tried again. Then I ripped the whole yoke back and then I tried again. And uh, then I don't know. So I think I ripped the yoke back like three times, four times. And then I realized that the problem that I had was that the half stone pullover, um, the button part did fit pretty well. But those cables, you have like um, eight big cables all around the yoke, and they pull the fabric together really hard and that makes everything sit very tight and then it pulls everything up because um because it's so narrow um it wants to pull up where the body is narrower and uh, so that wasn't working um i tried i don't know three or four times and then i said okay forget the half stone pullover forget the beautiful cables i'll just put um, a different yoke on this sweater because having a sweater that works is more important than having one that looks pretty with the cables but that is really uncomfortable and that you can't wear. So I pulled it all back and I made, um, I thought I'd, I'd make a blank canvas but then I remembered that the last two or three times that I made uh, the blank canvas pattern that I really didn't like the neckline blank canvas is made for wearing a button-up shirt underneath and when you don't wear a button-up shirt underneath then it you have this gaping neckline and my husband really likes his sweaters to be very close to the neck and very warm at the neck without the actually being a turtleneck so that didn't work so i looked at the old Elizabeth Zimmerman um, Knitting Without Tears, I think, at the Knitting Workshop books. And I took the numbers that I had and I followed her directions and yay, I had a sweater that fit. Except now the top part fit, but turned out the sleeves and the body were too short. I had made those um, pretty short to start with because my husband doesn't like his sleeves to be very long because again guitar player and he does he works a lot with his hands and if his um, sleeves come up like I like mine to be to hit like at the uh, thumb uh, joint here or even a bit lower and I don't mind pushing the sleeves up when I work. But he likes his to come at, uh, where, how do you call it, that? <sighs> this, this joint here, it's uh, punch filling. Is that the hand joint? I have no idea. So this one. So the one, he likes his sleeves shorter. Let's, uh, yeah, leave it at that. But when he... Um, the sweater on and at least 
the top part, the yolk fit. And I was like, yes, the yolk fits. And then I, he was, this is really short. And the t two or three times before that he had tried the sweater on, um, we hadn't realized because um, the whole yolk situation was so awful and was pulling everything up that I thought that um, the shortness of the, the sleeves and the body was um, because of the yolk. But it turned out it was too short anyway. So for a minute there, I thought about um, just uh, putting extra length into uh, to the sleeves and the body at the bottom because you can do that you can um, I had this ribbing here um, and you can like snip a stitch somewhere here in the stockinette part and then um, unravel a row put all the um, stitches on the needles like wrong way round and then start knitting again. And if it's stockinette stitch, you won't see a difference. And then you can knit for a bit and then add ribbing again. But the sleeves were not only a bit too short, they were also a bit too tight. So as you can see, and as you know, sleeves are usually narrower at the bottom. So this is the bottom and wider at the top. Just like your arms that's why they're constructed that way and if you add length at the bottom then the narrower part comes higher on your arm i'll show you so this is how the sleeve is supposed to fit if i pull it up a bit then it's tighter. Now this one is not made for me and I have a very narrow arm so this would fit me perfectly. So I decided to be a good girl and I ripped the whole yoke back again. I'm not quite sure. Fourth, fifth, sixth time, something like that. Then I added length to the body and to the sleeves and then I re-knitted the whole yoke again and now it fits like a dream. This thing was driving me crazy. It took I'm not quite sure November, December almost five months, four and a half. I can usually knit a sweater like this in three weeks. Yeah not this time. So but it's finished. I still have to uh, block it. That's um, it's looking so uh, uneven. That's like when you knit, rip, knit, rip. Uh, I have to say the yarn has held up beautifully. Three plies to the way to go. Yeah, that's good. Stone pullover. Then you might have seen this before. It's another pullover. Well, it's a cardigan. This is. This is the Aldigan, the patterns by Kate Davis. Uh, you all know Kate Davis. And this is the owl pattern. She, the owl sweater was the very first pattern that she designed. And if you can, so, uh, sorry, uh, this is, um, the sound is the um, 
I brushed the microphone with the sweater. So if with a bit of imagination you can see that these cables here resemble owls and I could put eyes here like tiny buttons. So this is the body of the owl, this is the head and this is, uh, these are the lions or the ears. Isn't it the ears? Yeah. So um, this yarn is um, called Feltro. It's um, a yarn and you can't get that anymore and it was um, meant to for like making felted slippers and such um, so this felt really easy um, and I inherited um, a stash of this from uh, the mother of the wife of a friend of my husband um, and that uh, mother had a lot of very heavy yarn. I think she was cold all the time and wanted to make really cozy things. And this here, I just, um, for the owl again, you're supposed, and for the owl sweater as well, you're supposed to hold very heavy yarn doubled. And I tried this, but I didn't have enough yarn for that. And I didn't really care for the fabric because these days I'm not as cold as I used to be. And this winter wasn't as uh, harsh either, so I just held it um, regularly. And you can see the here are, there are stripes because that's the way the yarn is dyed. And as usually you get these um, bigger stripes on the sleeves, of course, because uh, there are less uh, stitches around. And the only thing that was left to do was um, get uh, buttons and sew them on. The color doesn't match perfectly. Um, I bought buttons online for the first time ever because I wanted um, some that were not plastic. I forgot what these are, something coconut, I don't know. Um, so I ordered these. I love the, I do love the buttons, but the color doesn't really match. Um, well, it does, but uh, not as well as I would have liked. Um, I've worn this a few times and it's very cozy. Um, I, it's, um, I didn't know, I, I made it as long as I could until I ran, uh, ran out of yarn. Um, and it's a bit too narrow in the hips. So this goes down, I don't know, like to my thighs. So I, but I, I just leave the, um, the buttons at the, uh, Often, yeah, open. Sorry, I knew this. Is the other thing I wanted to record this podcast a week ago, and I was like, I'm so confused with this lockdown and the virus and everything being in chaos. I can't record a podcast, um, and especially not in English. But uh, I'm no more focused today, so you get um, more confused, Susanna, than usual. So. And um, the last, last mid knitting project, and then we're through with knitting, yay! So these are socks. Um, surprise! It's um, an Annie Fletcher pattern again. Um, I bought this yarn um, at the beginning of November when a very dear uh, fellow podcaster Laura Geisen 
from Volkanal. So if you understand German, listen to the Volkanal podcast because it's really, really good. Um, she podcasts with a friend, uh, Ida, and they're really interesting and funny. And uh, yeah, I always learn something when I listen to their podcast. So she came to Munich and we met and did a tour of yarn shops and walked all over the city for people who visit me uh, always get like um, 15 kilometer walks through Munich um, with stops to eat and drink and buy yarn um, so I bought these at the shop Kunst und Spiel and that was the first time ever that I visited that shop um, and this is um, Drachenwolle um, the uh, dyer who founded the Drachenwolle label doesn't dye yarn there anymore so this was a really rare find um, the yarn is purples but bluish and pinks it's called a uh, Bärentorte um, the colorway and that means berry cake is that cake yeah, I think it's cake it's not pie it's cake um so this uh, pattern is Braymore by Annie Fletcher and I have finished the first sock and started the second one. And this is my travel knitting. I like yeah, no travel knitting at the moment, but my mindless knitting that I take with me. Uh, the only thing that's not good about this is, as you can see, I'm knitting this on um, Knitpix carbon needles. So we have very dark purple yarn on black needles and these needles are very very small uh, this is 1.2 millimeters this is like let me see uh two millimeters is size zero so that would be two zeros three four zeros yeah um i'm knitting that loosely that i need this and with the two 1.2 millimeter needles i actually get a great gauge the um the other socks the toe socks i'm knitting on even smaller needles i'm not quite sure um 0.8 millimeters or one millimeter so fun so that's all the knitting that i've been doing um spinning i spun targi from Eterische Öle on my IST craft spindle. Um, let me just sort my spinning. So this is the very cute, it's small spindle and the very fluffy and soft fiber that I love. Um, and you can see the turtle on the Turkish spindle with this will, uh, this is a gradient um, colorway again that goes from very bright um, green through yellow through orange to red no red in this part oh there's some bit of olive in there too but you can see this is uh, one of those turtles that has come off the spindle already that um, here there's a lot of red and this so beautiful and it's so soft and I love it but I never spin on it because hmm I don't know I don't spin much um, but every time I take a spindle somewhere I take this project it has been everywhere 
it traveled with me to my parents and then it traveled uh, to Salzburg and it traveled to Hamburg and it was everywhere and I only spun like five minutes on it. But um, last week there was the um, spinning challenge that uh, George does every year for members of the Yurt group on Reverie. And so last uh, week I, s I spun on this for 15 minutes a day. So um, the fiber that I have here is only part of it. And when I was taking a picture of the project for the spinning challenge, I realized something really interesting. So for many, many years now, I think five, I started this five years ago because this, I think, I bought the fiber five years ago. I have always referred to this as Targi from Ätherische Öle. This is not Targi. I looked at the label three days ago and this is Auckland. <laughs> so funny, I totally uh, misremember that. So. It's not Targi, it's Falkland. It's still nice and fluffy and soft. Then there was a lot of crochet. I made two blankets. Um, um, I've been really bitten by the crochet blanket bug. Um, this one, uh, they're both by um, Lucy from Attic24. She does these really nice crochet alongs and there are these yarn packs. Um, this one is the Summer Ripple Blanket, nice color, and this one is um, cotton and holy something. I love the colors, I love the patterns, I don't love the fact that all of this is polyester, no, poly, poly it's, it's acrylic. And um, I don't like to work with plastic. Um, I think this is okay-ish because um, the pair of the blankets don't get washed all that often and I won't throw them in the landfill but still I think natural fiber would be so much better but then I can get those nice colors and yarn packs. So um, when I really really wanted to make another blanket I got this because it's this cotton. And then she started another crochet along as she is prone to do at the beginning of the year. And I saw the pictures. She has, or she often has uh, inspiration from nature and flowers and it's also nice. And uh, so she had all these dahlias. And as you can see behind me, there are um, photos of two big orange flowers flowers and dahlias are really gorgeous and I love the colors and I'm like I shouldn't make another blanket because we already have enough and I really shouldn't buy acrylic and I did it anyway and I spent really really enjoyable seven weeks at the beginning of the year making this gorgeous blanket I'm showing you just a little piece at the time because this is too big and if I hold it between my mouth and the microphone you can't hear me. Um, I love these colors. Um, so Lucy usually has a lot of blues and uh, cold colors and uh, like water and sea 
and I'm as you know I'm all about the reds and the roger oranges and the purples and the bright burgundy so all my happy colors are in here well almost no green um, and so yeah the stitch she calls um, spike stitch it's like it's really easy you have to do like um, one row you do three what's it double crochet treble crochet uh, that depends on which crochet terms you use um, I think for her it's treble that's uh, the in UK terms and then you do a uh, one of those Luftmasche yeah and then um, in the row above you um, you do three regular treble or if you're American double crochets and then you do one again treble or double where you uh, put your hook in into the row below underneath that uh, missing stitch from uh, yeah so it's it's really easy and it's really soothing and uh, nice and um, it started the crochet along started on January 6th I think and then I was all all about the crochet blanket every day and it was really cold and so every day I just sat under my growing blanket really nice and then um, my husband and I went away for four or five days and I didn't take the blanket with me because I didn't want to travel with uh, half a blanket and all the yarn so I only took the uh, berry cake socks and the spindle um, and uh, so I was behind when we came back but this year she had a built-in catch-up period so there was one week where there was no queue for the pattern and so I had enough time to catch up and wrap the whole thing up uh, with the crochet along so that was really nice and I really loved seeing all the other um, people's blankets on Instagram and such um, so that was hmm, a pleasure yeah and now I don't have a crochet pro project but I realized that I have like three bags of leftover yarn uh, all this acrylic because uh, by now I have made um, one blanket for my son in all gray the gray and white I think and then uh, one uh, so this one the Dahlia blanket then the peony blanket I think yeah and then I made the other one that's cotton so I don't really want to mix those leftovers but so I have leftover yarn from three blankets and I'm pretty sure that I can make another blanket from that yarn putting all those colors together and yeah um, and maybe I'll just do um, an easy stitch like a ripple stitch blanket or something and just pull out next color next color Let's see. Uh, so I have plans to make another one. And I thought that we had way too many blankets already. But now that we have a functioning living room again, 
and um, I'm hoping to record there next time, but um, these days um, our son is sitting there with a laptop doing his homework, and so I didn't want to disturb him. Mm. And I have no idea how the acoustics are in there. Um, so uh, we have like a new sofa, and so there's one blanket on the sofa, and then I have my easy chair, and the easy chair has a blanket. And then there's the other easy chair for my husband, and that one has a blanket. And then, and that's the most important of all, the peony blanket lives in the kitchen because I always get up very, very early, and by that time, the house is usually really, really cold, and I'm always freezing. So I wrap up in the blanket in the morning, so I don't have to... Um, put the heating on high it's just uh, later L right now in the winter we um, we use the wood stove for heating and my husband starts that later like uh, two hours or so after I get up and uh, for those two hours I just sit on my kitchen bench wrapped in a blanket very nice so then we're almost through with the projects and it's an hour already yeah thanks um, uh, so there's project wardrobe. Um, I'll tell you a bit more about it later, but I'm trying, have been trying to sew my own clothes since 2013. Yeah, no, it has been seven years and not, not much sewing, but I did, I made three things uh, since the last English episode. First thing I made is black yoga pants and I can't really show them to you because I'm wearing them so if I now uh, lift my leg yeah you don't see anything they are very shoddily made um, I made them too tight and so I ripped out, out all the seams and then uh, sewed them again and there are still um, pieces of thread sticking out of the seams I didn't bother to hem the pants, the um, since this uh, this is a jersey fabric, knit fabric, it doesn't fray. Um, I had an idea for the waistband that didn't really work out, but I have been wearing these pants almost daily ever since the day I finished them, which is good. And I had had plans to make another pair in brown, but. Three or four months of constant wear of yoga pants and t-shirt fabric sitting on wooden benches means I already have almost a hole in the back of these pants. So the verdict is don't make pants out of t-shirt fabric because they don't last. So I'm um, thinking about some other things to do for uh, loungewear that might hold up better. Um, still, I'll be wearing these. I'm not quite sure how to mend these when they wear through because it's, um, it's not a good place to put a patch. Uh, could be worse, but hmm, I don't know. We'll see. Or maybe I'll just put a red heart on it. Well, yeah, I'm not quite sure. But I made yoga pants. 
they fit and I've been wearing them a lot. The other things I made were two t-shirts. I made two plantain t-shirts. This one is purple. Um, this is, um, I've had planned this for ages, but <coughs> ultimately I made this in the three hours before I had to head out for my um, mother-in-law's birthday. And you can see it, I broke a needle. Um, we have like, um, I'm really bad with a twin needle. Or maybe everybody's bad with a twin needle, no idea. I don't have an overlocker or a cover, whatever you call that. Um, so you can see, um, I tried to make the seam with a twin needle. And then when I pressed it, I found that, yeah, I had sewn the whole seam, but the seam allowance hadn't caught. So I just used the other twin needle because I had broken the first one and um, and just made a second line right next to it instead of and you can see like the seams all wavy and um, it's really it's really funny because um, I don't know there's this one sleeve where I broke the needle and I started sewing with one twin needle I don't know I can't see anything I said because I don't I'm not wearing glasses uh, wait a minute I'll look at it is it this one no so and then then I just uh, finished the same seam with the other needle nope no idea so it's all a bit <laughs> Uh, we say sewing with a hot needle, but I finished it. I love it. It fits. I wore it to my mother-in-law's birthday, as I said, with the Komodo, and I'm very happy with it. I even wore it to that uh, performance that I'll I really have to link to that. Um, if I forget, please remind me. And then I made another plantain t-shirt in burgundy. This time with short sleeves, because I realized I'm so slow with the sewing and it's March already. I won't want to wear long sleeves for the next few months. This fabric is a bit stiff for t-shirts. This is organic cotton, obviously, like Ryan such. Um, uh, I know that there are knit fabrics that have more drape, but they also mostly have more man-made fibers, so I'm not quite sure um, how to do that in the future. I still have brown mm, jersey fabric for another t-shirt and a pair of leggings. I find that I get a lot of wear out of my self-made leggings because I have... Um, I made this self-drafted pattern following the method uh, by Cal Patch. Mm, that's that's on the internet, and I'm I link to it constantly in my show notes. Uh, I hope to remember 
the link to it in this um, in the post to this episode as well um, because she tells you how to take your measurements and then make a pattern from that and these are the best fitting leggings that I've ever 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 had um, so um, yeah highly recommend it and I will make another pair and it's just so comfy I spend a lot of days these days wearing leggings and a t-shirt like I have this uh, burgundy t-shirt and I have burgundy leggings looks a bit weird if you don't wear anything else but when I teach I just put on a skirt and I'm instantly dressed and it's still totally comfy and then when I'm done with teaching and working or being outside out the house I just take off the skirt and I'm in loungewear and really comfortable love it so that was all that I worked on since I did my last English episode and now I'll go through the topics of all the episodes very briefly I hope so um let me see it's yeah I'm a bit late um so um the first topic um from episode 141 was mending matters I guess you all heard by now about the book by Catherine 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 Rodebeau of the same name mending matters and in that episode I talked a bit about the book I still haven't read it uh, but I love it already um, she talks a lot about sustainability she has a lot of essays from really uh, interesting people including Tom of Holland the one who always does the visible mending the whole book is geared towards like um, visible mending of things like jeans and such and she gives you techniques and she shows you which tools to use and that you can do a lot by hand and that it's really easy and shows you examples of how to make really really nice repairs and to play with that whoops sorry uh, I brushed the microphone um to play with that um, visible yeah it's visible mending you just to take a contrasting thread and instead of hiding the mending you show it so this is pretty she also gives you a tips for um, mending that's a bit more invisible like there are places uh, where your clothes wear through that you don't want to uh, direct people's gazes to like um, the place my jeans usually fray is not something I want people to look at like this because it's usually uh, where my thighs rub together mm. so really love the book and um, I still have to uh, start uh, doing any mending following the book but um, I'm, I'm, I was very excited about that then I had a lot a lot of episodes about the project wardrobe um, so project wardrobe as I told you before is my personal project of making most of my own clothes um, and I've been trying for years and since I don't sew much it's taking some time 
it's really sustainable, by the way. I don't buy many clothes, uh, almost none. So um, my plan is that when I need something, I make it. It's going so-so. I'm wearing a lot of t-shirts with holes in them. Yeah, should wear them. Um, but um, so uh, the first um, episode in that series was uh, episode 142, uh, where I asked myself, how many pieces do I need? And I talked a lot, especially about um, uh, the Vivian files. If you don't know that, you should go and check that blog out. It's really, really um, inspirational. And she, she talks a lot about capsule wardrobe, uh, wardrobes about buying with intent, um, about um, uh, choosing pieces that really fit in with what you already own and that you really need and that you can wear for many, many years. And so I really love that. So in that episode, I was asking, so how many clothes do I actually need? And I talked about how many clothes I have, not a lot, and what I think I really need. And since I don't have the notes anymore, I can't really tell you, um, but I did, I did make a plan, I think. Hmm. I don't know. I think I ended up thinking like, okay, I need like two pairs of pants, a jacket, a coat, uh, several t-shirts, tank tops, and one or two more skirts, something like that. Mm. Then um, for the next episode, I changed the topic completely and talked about all the time in the world. Um, I had read all the books by Laura Vanderkam by them. And I'm one of those people who's always busy, 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 busy and has this feeling of never having enough time and wanting to do all these things and they don't fit into my life. And um, then I read um, Off the Clock, uh, 168 hours, and I know how she does it. Mostly about people who are really really busy and really really successful and how they do it especially women who have a family and kids and a job and maybe hobbies and Laura Vanderkam is very vocal about um, telling us that there are 168 hours in a week and if you're really mindful about how you spend your time you can fit a lot of stuff in there so um, I found that very um, uplifting and uh, motivating and I immediately started tracking my time and vowed to use it better and then I stopped mm, but still it's you probably have more time than you think as well like a lot of people spend a lot of time on things that just go poof. Like these past weeks, I woke up sometime between 5.30 and 6 because I was so tense I couldn't sleep longer. And then I hopped on the internet and then I 
read the news and scrolled Instagram and scrolled Reverie and read blogs for two hours. Now, I love Instagram and Reverie and blogs. And at the moment, I even follow the news because I feel that I want to be informed. But I don't need to do that for two hours. And I don't need to do that first thing in the morning. Uh, it makes me cranky and exhausted and it didn't help any. So um, at the moment, and please, I hope this works for a little longer, I get up right away when I'm awake and then I go into the kitchen and then I try to read something calming and inspirational and then I want to meditate for five minutes and write my morning pages and then have breakfast and then I can go online. So I'm trying that. Um, and that means I can be informed, have fun on Instagram, follow and follow the news and I can still spend time all alone, in silence, meditating, grounding myself and then I'm more focused and better able to uh, go through my day. Uh, those two hours in the morning didn't really help any. And two hours is for something where you feel like Poof, there's nothing to show for it. Mm. And I think all of us have little pockets like that. Um, like I'm reading a ton of books and I often um, meet people who say, I don't have time for that. But they often read a newspaper, they watch TV every night, they listen to the radio, whatever. When I'm sitting there waiting for someone, I read a paragraph in a book. When I um, have finished the dishes after lunch and I need to start um, teaching uh, half an hour later, I read for 15 minutes. Every night before I turn off the light, I read for like 20-30 minutes. I do not watch TV on weekdays, usually. Just Friday, Saturday and Sunday and just very specific things that I chose beforehand for like an hour or so. And that's it. And the rest of my time I go and read. I don't say don't watch TV, but don't tell me you don't have time to read if you watch TV for two hours every night. Okay, then episode 144 had the topic of secret pajamas. So... I'm constantly thinking about my clothes at the moment. Sorry, or not sorry. I'm guessing that if you're watching a knitting, spinning and sewing and whatever podcast that you're interested in clothes as well. Mm. I'm, I thought about the fact that the clothes that I wear are mostly what's called secret pajamas. So you feel like you're wearing something really comforting and comfortable and soothing like pajamas when in fact you can look really put together like the t-shirt leggings and the skirt combo people often feel that I'm dressing up like I have these two dresses um the the pattern swing dress by uh, Cecilia Hanselmann that dress is so 
comfy. Not slouchy comfy because it's pretty form-fitting. But people look at me like, oh, this is so elegant. You're dressed up. Oh, do you have something important to attend today? And I was like, no, that's just the dress, the dress I'm wearing. And the dress is so comfy that I don't even um, take it off at the end of the day. I just keep wearing it. It has a white skirt that's um, long enough that you don't have to... Um, think of it all the time because when you're wearing a skirt and it's too short and you always have to make sure that you're covered ugh, I hate that but long wide skirts they just hang there and you, they, you can move I can ride my bike I can go grocery shopping I can clean the house it's oh, and it's just how it looks like and it feels wonderful mm. I also have found that I'm very much in favor of knitted fabric. I'm not quite sure if I continue continue make if I'll continue to make all these knitted things like t-shirts and leggings and such. But that's so comfy. Um, I see. I'm hoping that when I learn how to tailor things properly, that um, things from woven fabric will be as comfortable. That's a project for another year or two. So that was all about secret pajamas. Then the episode 145 was my year in review. That's the one I always do. And I usually keep better notes. But um, this time I have to say I couldn't be bothered to look it all up. Um, there are a lot of questions. This, uh, it, this is usually something... Um, that um, podcaster Diskefliege Diska started and she um, had all these questions and there are like dozens of bloggers and podcasters and general people who answer those questions every year and I did too I think yeah I did but as I said I couldn't can't be bothered to look it up um, I find that I have more and more difficulty with these kinds of how was your year did you have a theme uh, what did you learn I was like did I learn anything probably did I make note of it nope um so I'm not quite sure how I will go on with these reviews um I think 2019 was an okay year for my crafting probably I don't know I'm not much for saying oh this was good this was bad or am I yeah so I don't know I did a review I don't remember anything about it um episode 146 was sweater fail so that was the episode where I talked about the uh, brown corridale pullover that I told you all about earlier and then episode 147 was travel wardrobe with Viajanti. Oh, I should have I should have brought that one. So Viajanti or Viajanti is um, a pattern by Martina Beam. It's I think the Portuguese word for traveler. And it is a sort of triangular shawl that is um, knit in the round, so you can wear it as a poncho as a cowl 
as um, a hood and as a triangular shawl. It's really nice, it's super big. So the um, original pattern calls for 300 grams of Wollmeise lace and Wollmeise lace is not lace weight yarn, it's light fingering and it's, it's a lot of yarn. And I made one in 2014 and the reason I know that I made it in 2014 is because in 2014 I went to Crete on holiday. Last time I was on a plane because our son said, I've never flown anywhere and everybody else is going on holiday on the beach. And we said, hmm, okay. So we went to Crete. I got an ear infection. I never even went into the sea because the ear infection got worse and worse. Once, and, and then I had a sudden hearing loss. So I went to the doctor. The doctor said, go to the hospital immediately. You're a musician with sudden hearing loss. You need extra attention. You have an inner ear infection that's totally septic. So I spent five days in hospital because I went to Crete. And in the hospital, I finished knitting my Viajante. And I know that, and parts of it have, um, I knit with the yarn held in my right hand, because usually I put it left, like I knit continental style, because that's like the picking. Um, but I had um, something in my hand so that could give me infusions, and so <laughs> I couldn't knit properly, so I changed the yarn uh, to my right hand and knit the other way. Um, and the funny thing is you can't see it. So that we have this huge thing and um, and you can't see where I switched. So funny. Um, so the thing is, I never wear that thing. I never know what to do with it. I love it. But hmm. it is bright red with orange and yellow. I think the colorway is uh, Campari Orange. And um, the red is a bit aggressive and bright. So I love red. I love aggressive and bright, but that one is a bit orangey. And that thing is really, really big and I never quite knew how to wear it. And so um, since I was all inspired by the Vivian files, I decided to build a travel wardrobe around that shawl. And the shawl is meant for travel. And I started knitting it because um, Somebody I knew from Ravelry, whom I met in person in Munich, she's from Canada, I think. Um, she told me, oh, that thing is just so great because you can like, it's like a tent and like a shawl and you don't lose it because you can put it over your head and it can't slip uh, off. And, um, and she really loved hers. So I made one too and then I never wore it. So when we were traveling to Salzburg, I thought, okay, I take this shawl and I build my travel wardrobe for those, what was it, four days around that shawl. It worked more or less. It did show me that when you have a wardrobe of everything is red anyway, then uh, packing is really easy. 
because everything goes with everything else. But I also took, uh, let me think, I, I took uh, a burgundy t-shirt, not the one I showed you before, one with long sleeves. I took the purple t-shirt I showed you before and that one did sort of go with the shawl but not quite. I took a brown cardigan because burgundy and purple don't go together. So I was thinking about taking my burgundy stock bridge but wearing that burgundy with that purple, nope. Um, I'm really not timid with color but there are things that even I won't do. So I took um, a brown cardigan and that bright red shawl, red t-shirt, purple t-shirt, jeans, red socks, purple socks I think, one pair of shoes, pajamas, uh, winter coat, my winter coat is burgundy and I think a bright orange snapdragon hat and mittens because those other ones I wear all the time anyway and I love the way that orange looks with the burgundy of my coat and the Viajante was not quite the right color for that but who cares there is some orange in the Viajante so I sort of built my travel wardrobe around the shawl but that's always the same you give me these rules say okay take this shawl build your wardrobe around it and then I'll just take the same things I always take and tell you why they fit with the shawl, even if they don't. So I, I don't know why I bother, but uh, it was all very enjoyable. I had um, like this, this backpack. I have a day pack that I usually travel with for up to two weeks. So, mm, yeah. Um, and usually my... Uh, knitting and spinning projects take up as much space as my clothes so yeah things went well um so that was the episode about my uh, travel wardrobe built around a shawl but not really um since traveling with a shawl i appreciate it much more and i've worn it again since so i th i'd say that was a success and the next two uh, episodes were also about wardrobes and um, planning and um, clothes. And this um, was about the project wardrobe that I told you about already and will tell you about in the future, I'm sure. And I had two parts to uh, an episode called um, capsule, capsule Wardrobe. So um, I guess you all know what a capsule wardrobe is. That is, you build a wardrobe of very few pieces where everything goes with everything else and you're always put together and like you you don't need to buy a hundred thousand clothes in a hundred thousand colors. And in order for those pieces to fit together and fit your life, you have to do quite a bit of planning. So you don't rush into a shop and like grab everything off the hanger and oh I like this I like this I like this and buy it but you sit down and say okay what do I want what is my life like what do I need 
what makes me look good? Like, you usually start with your color palette. Me, don't start with gray. Though I'm starting to think that as my hair gets grayer, maybe I will look better in gray than I do now. We'll see. These things can change. So um, I chose my color palette. Um, I have chosen it years ago, but I thought about it a lot on the podcast aloud. And I ended up with chocolate brown and black for the main colors. I don't really look good in black, but having black for things like pants and such still think is a good option for what I want. Then I'll have the colors olive green, the burnt rust, yeah, burnt orange, and burgundy. And then I decided that I want a joker color that's purple. The purple goes with the uh, orange. The orange, the olive green, the brown all go together. Um, the orange and the burgundy can go together, depends on the shades. And I like my colors to be warm, uh, not cold. Um, so um, those I, I, uh, I chose those colors and then I followed the steps that um, the author of the Vivian Files lays out in her posts. Um, she has several um, series about building a capsule wardrobe, starting with colors, with uh, art, with textures. Um, so I follow those steps and say, okay, I need a nice pair of pants and and, and then I made um, like I even made a Pinterest board of things that I'm thinking about making that will all fit together and tie things together so that I will eventually have a capsule wardrobe. I hope that I can finish this process in time before the first things that I made will wear out. We'll see. So um, that um, thinking and planning took up the uh, last two episodes um, before this one. And so, since I'm pretty late already, and you have been so patient, thanks, I will finish this episode. You can find everything I talked about on uh, creativemother.de, with uh, especially the um, show notes to this episode being on uh, creativemother.de forward slash handmade 150. If you want to send me an email or someone on me via PayPal, you can do so at Susanne at creativemother.de. Susanne is S-U-S-A-N-N-E. Um, I have a Patreon, as you probably know, and I'm very grateful for those of you who um, spend, uh, yeah, who spend their hard-earned money on this podcast. You and you usually get new and then you can find me on Reverie as Creative Mother and as Jazz Mama on Instagram and so thanks for watching. I hope you all stay sane and healthy and as calm as possible and continue doing nice things with your child. And I'll see you